To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just hate the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Benchwoman's Podcast, episode 34. Got Ramon next to me, got Carlos calling in from San Antonio, and we are here to do the Opinionated Benchwoman's Podcast. What's up, fellas? What's up, man? Look, we on our Shaq episode now. We got oh the Shaq, God. the big three, four, <laughs> Co- you know, the Kobe and Shaq episode, you know what I'm saying? We had yeah, the Kobe well. early, now we got the Shaq episode, man. Let's do it, man. I missed y'all last week. Your boy back. Let's get it. What's up, man? We could have probably a couple of episodes with Shaq with all the jerseys and a different couple of different numbers he had. <laughs> we missed 32, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I'm definitely with it. Glad that we have everybody back. Uh, we held it down, but we're glad to have our boy Lowe's back. And so now I'm ready to just run it and get into it, man. Yeah, so I think it's, it's no better uh, way to start the podcast than discussing Will Wade because we was talking about that before we started recording. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, you know, uh, since we last recorded with me and Ramon Carter, he was indefinitely suspended. But now, I, like I told you, I, I think that he has coached his last game as an LSU basketball coach. Yeah. It's I, unfortunate, man. Like, you feel like LSU finally starting to get in the right place basketball-wise, you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, it's like, who, who taps a man's phone? Like, who doing this? You know what I'm saying? Like, as soon as LSU's doing well... It's just it's just crazy that this all of a sudden some type of negative feel, some type of negative vibe comes over this LSU team. So it's unfortunate, you know. I mean, let's keep it real, man. Let's keep it real. Let's keep it funky. You hear me? I feel like all players, coaches, and some to an extent is doing this. You know what I'm saying? To recruit these players. Yes. Yeah, let's just yeah, go yeah. ahead and open this up, man, and just start paying these players, man. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Like. Ah, Lee, I hate to see this Pandora's box. Right, right. I think the I think one of Will Wade's biggest flaws in this, and, and trust me, I'm, I'm not trying to advocate for him breaking the rules at all. I do, but <laughs> but <laughs> I think one of his biggest flaws is that he was the guy doing it. If you see a lot of this stuff, you see assistant coaches kind of taking the fall and being the ones that's having to do the little negotiations and stuff like that. I mean. Auburn had a situation like that under Bruce Pearl in which the assistant coach was actually the one that kind of got the backlash because Bruce Pearl kind of put that ball in his see, court yeah, to do see, that. See, so, head of yeah. his so I think part of it is that Will Wade was, uh, lack of a better term, kind of sloppy in the sense of him doing the whole thing when really like you need somebody else that's either on your staff or in your camp or something that's kind of devoted to handling that piece for you. 
Um, and I think had that happened, then he might not be sitting in the position that he is right now. Well, with Will Wade, like Carlos said, um, I think he was just caught in the crosshairs because, I mean, I, I think the tap wasn't for really for Will Wade. It was really for the guy that he was yeah. really talking to. The FBI was after him. So, I mean, you know, he just got caught in the crosshairs. And just like you said, Ramon, if your hand's going to get dirty, you that top man, you can't afford for you to get your hands dirty. Yeah. You got to come unscathed in this situation. You know, you know, like uh, he has a lot of assistant coaches on it, on it, on that, on that, on that bench. I mean, one of them should have been the ones communicating that way. But being that the conversation wasn't actually um, that, at least the portion that we that was leaking that we heard, that's the only thing that we are privileged to knowing right now as evidence. It did appear that you know it didn't seem like he was talking or making the deal. You know, he was just talking about the deal and still. If that's all they had, they're not going to get him on that because, I mean, yeah, we know what he was talking about, but then again, did he incriminate himself and say exactly what the deal was or what he was talking about? You only can assume, and you know how the law works. You can't assume you have to have hard evidence. I think he'll get off, but I think that it really shows the fact that LSU, you know, just like we was talking about before we got on air, you know, they're saying that, you know, that, you know, that he's not willing to talk about. I'm gonna let you explain it better, but like I said, that he's not willing to talk to, you know, talk about his relationship with a specific player. But you know, and LSU say he's gonna continue to be suspended, you know, because of that. You want to explain yeah. that more? Yeah, really. The way the situation is going with Will Wade is that um, the administration wanted to call a meeting with Will Wade. Um, LSU administration they wanted to have a meeting with him about the situation. Uh, but also, as a part of that, the NCAA was going to be involved in that meeting. Will Wade, um, from himself and also from what he's getting legal counsel-wise, has held a stance that basically he'll have a meeting with LSU, but he's not going to go into a meeting in which he has them also involved there with the NCAA. And so LSU is basically saying, if you don't have this meeting, then you can't coach the team. And like I said, his legal counsel is still standing firm on Okay, we'll have the meeting specifically with you, Joe Oliva, and your people, but we're not having the NCAA until we get to this point where we're here having these hearings in the offseason. So it's one of those situations where uh, it's kind of a sticky situation, and he's not going to coach again at LSU until that meeting is had, until he speaks with them or until these hearings are had. So I don't know if I'm 100% on the bandwagon of he won't ever coach at LSU again, but I think that it's definitely obvious that he won't be coaching again this season. Well, I mean, I'm, I think it, it's like that because LSU has made it clear they put the reputation of the university over over any athletic. Uh, I mean, it's hard to say athletic because when we've seen the football, how many chances did they give Tyron? Until Tyron had, had finally, like, just they couldn't protect them anymore. You know, but it just seems like with basketball, you know, it's, it's not really a, a top priority LSU like Carlos mentioned. You know, it, it, but it does seem in this situation that they're trying to protect the universe. Because if this was Syracuse, if this was North Carolina, if this was Duke, man, they going to let that man coach until the wheels fall off, until you give some hard-earned evidence for it to be a leaked phone call. And, you know, the FBI say they're probing him. And then you'd you be like, okay, we're going to suspend you indefinitely. It just shows what, what a mindset of the university is, which I think is, is piss poor. And I think that's why players like Nas Reed and Javante's and 
you know, Tremont Waters. I think that's why a lot of those types of players don't come here usually because they, you know, because of that type of thing. You know, basketball is not a priority as a sport. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And I think that with the way that things are at LSU, I think that's that's why this situation is happening. I'm, this is what I'm trying to really say and approach it with. These bigger programs, they know how to handle these situations. They even know how to, as we were talking about, not getting the head coach's hands mm-hmm. dirty. With a, with a program like LSU, where basketball for such a long time has been secondary, you know, we don't know how to handle these situations. You don't know how to, okay, say, no, we're going to put this in the hands of this. You don't know how to approach it because you're not used to getting these type of guys. Um, and it's just one of those things where, like you said, with this, it's like, hey, the university is bigger than the basketball program. Now, have we always seen that with the football program, as you mentioned it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I just think that, kind of like you're saying, it's, it's just they valuing the name of LSU over the basketball program at this point. I don't know where so I So if is, 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 is Will Wade done at LSU? No. Well, y'all know where I stand. What about you, Ramon? Uh, I'm going to say no. Okay. I, I think I could see Will Wade continuing being LSU coach because they try to backtrack it and be like, oh, we overreacted. You know, they, these types of investigations take years, you know. But it's just frustrating as a fan because – Will Wade has coached his team to the number one seed and, you know, when won the SEC championship. And now, like, you really taking that away from the from the, from the the player. That's not their fault. Just like they suspended Javante. Like, what you suspended Javante for? You have no evidence that he received any type of anything from anybody. And you want to suspend him because he's implicated in a phone call? Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's, that's horrible. And, and low-key fake, they were suspending Nas Reed. Yeah. Too. Because they like, oh, yeah, you know, he he's injured. No, he wasn't injured. They suspended him too. Like they overreacted. I think that is it's yeah. it's a simple case right. of overreacting to 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 something that's that's that happens every day. I mean, how many times has Purr been implemented in, in something? Yeah, I just this year, even from Duke's in, they were talking about Zion Williamson. Last year they right. talked about Wendell Carter and talked about Marvin Bagley, and then all of a sudden you didn't hear that stuff anymore. Right. And so, you know. LSU, stop overreacting. This is what comes when you have a success. It's like uh, what Big B. Williams saying. This is what comes when you have a successful ball club. Yeah. They going to come after you. You got to, you know, you can't react to that. But, like I said, we're waiting to be implementing this in situations like this before. Like, you know what he comes with. Like, come on, man. This, now is not the time to, to hire him and then not stand with him. You got, I stand with Wade. <laughs> I don't care if he's guilty. I stand with Wade. I stand with Wade, man. Yeah. And I hope that, you know, if he if we do lose him, I wouldn't be mad because I hopefully go to a to a, a, a institution that, you know, puts him first. And, you know, not not overreact to situations like that. Yeah. Now, I hope I'm not putting my foot in my mouth and then it just comes out <laughs> Whatever. So yeah, I, I think the biggest thing for me, and you know, my last feel on this thing is that either way, whatever happens from this, you know, let's just say they do find something, you're gonna have to give up all the games and stuff that you want, regardless. So why not ride the wave out and have a chance at not only winning the regular season SEC, the tournament, potentially winning the NCAA tournament, because the field to me is wide open for that. Why not ride it out and see what happens as opposed to you not taking that chance and having to vacate wins anyway. So I just don't see the, the real big upside of holding anybody out at this point for the program. 
Because if it comes back and they don't find anything, then you may have sacrificed your opportunity at winning a national championship or something like that. So Yeah. Yeah, I 100% agree with you guys. So, uh, I guess we can stay on that LSU uh, wave. Uh, Odell Beckham was traded to the Cleveland Browns. I mean, that, that really kind of shocked me, you know, because, I mean, I mean, what – I mean – if this would have happened before he signed that huge contract, I would have been like, okay. But, like, you signed him long-term, gave him big-time money, and then traded your superstar away. And that was, I think that, you know, their GM probably is showing some of the worst moves ever. You let Landon Collins walk without franchise tagging him. You could have franchise tagged You just let yeah, him walk. Yeah. You know, and then now you, you got – you trade Odell, and then you get uh, – I can't think of his name right now. Javel Peppers. That's what you're saying is your replacement for Landon Collins. Then you trade away your generational player, superstar, because he just speaks his mind. He's a little flamboyant, you know. You know, I, I don't. I mean, that GM man, he he making, but he completely ignores the issue of the old line and the, the, and, the, Eli. and Eli. Like, what's wrong with him? Yeah, I mean, you look at that team, you really don't know what direction they're going in. Are they rebuilding? Are they starting all the way over? You know, they just got a team where it's just like you don't know the direction. First of all, they shouldn't have chose Eli over your superstar player in Odell Beckham. And I feel like it's kind of went that way. Eli's over 20 mil against the cap right now. Eli hasn't played at a high level in the last two or three years. Yes, he has two championships, and yes, he's beaten Tom Brady in the Super Bowl twice, but that's you got to let go of the past. You know, It's time to move on. You need to let him go, either cut him, move on from him, and that's where you should have freed up that money. But again, then you go out, you, you trade Odell Beckham, you know, he's going to be dead money on your, on, your, on your books next year. So that's money you're not going to be able to use against free agents. And then you go and sign Golden Tate to a huge contract, an agent receiver, where you got a team full of slot players, you know, that play in the slot. That makes zero sense. You got Sterling Shepard, you know, you got Evan Ingram, and you got Golden Tate, people that normally play the slot position. You got a bunch of players that play the slot. And not a bunch of players that are going to play on the outside. So I don't know what direction they're going with this team at all. Nobody taking the top off the defense in that in that group right there. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you guys as well, man. I think that it was it was definitely a, a questionable move. I don't see why you move a piece like Odell. Um, I think that we all agree. You know, now I feel that you know this is maybe getting ahead of myself, but I think that Odell next season is going to prove he's the best receiver in the league. But I think it's pretty consensus that he's a top three receiver in the league. So you've had your chance to have a building block on the outside like that with Odell. Now you've got a building block in the backfield with Saquon. So you got the dynamic on the edge and in the backfield. You're only missing the quarterback right there. So it's just like you can do that. You can build with those guys. Those can be your cornerstones for the future. But you decide, hey, no, you know, let's let's forget all that and let's ship old Odell out, which makes no sense. Well, it seems to me, management has made it clear, you know, just like we mentioned with LSU, you know, that the the that you know that logo or that seal means much more than the product that's on the field, and you know, I mean, you know, just some of the thing comments that came out when Odell did that interview, you know. And he was just saying how expressing himself and saying how he feels, and the gym said he should just shut up. You know, you know, it's just like you know, in, in so many words, you know, yeah. he should just shut up. You know, 
And that, you know, to give him that money and to, for him to feel like he, you know, has earned it and, you know, he, which he has, yeah. he's beyond earned that money. But to make him feel like you're going to commit to him long term and trade him, it's just it's just nuts, man. I mean, Odell filled them seats up. And Odell made Eli look like he was yeah. a, at least an yeah. average yeah. NFL quarterback. Yeah, serviceable guy. So, I mean... They gon' I mean they gon' they gonna sink. I mean they gotta say coin. I know say like oh, oh my god. <laughs> He's like, man, like you know with Odell, Odell's young, Saquon's young. Like, why would you bust that marriage up? You had an anchor, and then you got yeah. Landon Collins. Yeah. Those would be the three yeah. people in the offseason. I'm like, I'm I mean, not letting them go. I mean, put it this way, with Odell and um with Saquon back there, you had a younger Potentially, at some point, more dynamic version of what AB and Le'Veon were in, in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. That's what you had, and you decided, nah, we're not gonna go for it. They made it clear they had something against Odell. It was personal. That trade was personal. But I mean, yeah. one thing I would say is personal. It ain't like they traded to a graveyard. I mean, I mean, the Browns gonna look pretty good this year. Yeah, I mean, I like what the Browns are doing. You know, and they waking up a fan base, of, a loyal fan base. You know, the Browns have some loyal, loyal fans. I don't know. I, in my lifetime, I can speak for myself, they haven't been good. <laughs> in my lifetime, you know, and that's only 27 years. But still, in my lifetime, they haven't been good. You know, so they waking up. I've seen videos online of, like, fans literally crying because they got Odell Beckham. Like, you know, just happy that their team has some type of excitement. So I'm glad that they awakened that fan base. Um, on the other side of it, like, they really, to me, was just, you know, maybe, you know, building that line and getting a young quarterback. So now I look at their team, they're either going to do one or two things. I think they're going to go after Josh Rosen if, you know, the Cardinals take Kyler Murray first, the first pick, get rid of Josh Rosen, and he goes to the Giants. Or two, they're going to tank, um, and they're going to um, go out, go and get Tua next year. Um, so that's the only two choices tank, I see them going to do. I, I'll go um, on record. If they tanking, they're doing a pretty darn good job so far by getting, letting Landon walk and letting Odell go. They're well on their way. But I just hate to waste Saquon years like that. I know yeah. Saquon, you know, he thought that they could have. I mean, it's only be a quarterback and an offensive tackle or two away from being an explosive offense. It's, it's, yeah, because to me, honestly, you got, with those two guys, both of them are generational talents. We already a proclaimed that Odell is a generational talent. And I think everything that we saw from Saquon in his rookie year, I mean, the, the guy looks special. Um, he already, t- in my opinion, looks like a top three running back in the league. Is is that out of line calling him a top three running back in the league? Who? Saquon. Oh, no. I mean, I arguably, but uh, he's definitely a top three. Yeah. With what he had, the offensive line he had, and, the you know, how things were going for him and for him to be explosive and – you know, still put up the numbers he did. Absolutely, as a rookie at that too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and my my thing though, like we were talking about it, I look at it so much from Cleveland's perspective, and um, even too we uh, we gave dropped I guess a little bit of fantasy last time. Uh, I'm going to say it. I think Baker Mayfield is going to be a top five fantasy quarterback next year. I mean, oh yeah, the, well, I don't even think easy. I don't even think I can't argue that. I don't even think well, that's bold at this point. He got Juice, he got no, Joku, yeah, he got oh, yeah. And then you look at that backfield. Already got Chubb, and then we gonna see whatever happens with Kareem Hunt. You know they got Kareem as well, so yeah. we'll see if he becomes eligible at some point. Is able to play, but when he comes back, that backfield is dynamic. The receivers he has are dynamic. 
like you said, we saw the bright spots from Njoku and know that he probably going to be even better this upcoming year. Man. And, and now think about the fact that Odell has a quarterback that can get him the deep ball. Now. Mm-hmm. Think about how many times we saw Odell be double, triple coverage, deep ball, all this kind of stuff, and Eli just couldn't get it to him or couldn't. I saw, I've seen Odell beat triple coverage before. When a receiver by himself beats triple coverage, and if the quarterback had just thrown it on, on par, it would have been a touchdown. And now he has a quarterback that has the arm to be able to do that. And now you got a receiver that's going to take away some attention with Jarvis Landry being there. Man, it's it's about to be crazy. Mm, yeah, I agree. I mean, Brown's got something to be the dog pound on his back. Yeah. What do you think they finish in the conference this year? Uh, I mean, you look at their you look at their division. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe the Steelers are in their division. Yeah, correct? Steelers, Baltimore, yeah, Baltimore, Cincinnati, and Cincinnati. So they finished number one. The team that dominated that division were normally throughout the years have been the Steelers. You know, and the Steelers are not the same team that they used to be. The Steelers are on a mini like a retooling. You know, mm-hmm. they they won't admit that, but they're on a retooling type of situation. They're not as good as they used to be. They don't have weapons that they used to be with that division losing Bell and Antonio Brown. So I look you look at that team and you look at the players that, you know, we even talking about the defensive side, you know, they've added some pieces on the defensive side with the Browns. I think Browns easily, you know, maybe not easily, but the Browns win that division um, and, you know, get a playoff berth. I mean, if you look at that team, they didn't have those type of pieces and they finished the year at seven, eight and one last year so I mean they still were fighting for a playoff position and now they added talent they went out and spent some money I think they, they take that next step and make it to the playoffs kind of like what the what the Rams did two years ago they weren't good, that good kind of you know and then they finally took that step and made the playoffs I don't see them winning it all though oh, oh you just had to slide some Rams talking I think this is a yeah. big year for free agency in the NFL, man. They trying to catch up with NBA free agency. Now, I, I, was, I was actually going to mention that to y'all because, like, you know, we had talked about how the, the NBA storylines and all that had really kind of dwarfed the NFL. But this free agency period has been as exciting to me as any, as what we've seen over from the NBA for the last couple of years. Like, yeah, it is. I mean, I've been really intrigued. You know, you look at uh, Nick Foles in Jacksonville. He's getting another starting role. Nick Foles got paid. Yeah, that's, that's a good, that's a great, great addition by Jacksonville because we always said, I've been saying for years that Blake Boyd was trash, but nobody yeah. really believed me. But, you know, I mean, that was all they was really missing was a quarterback. But I, I think my only question, and I think I will maybe lob this one to, to Los. Are we going to get Philadelphia <laughs> lead to to Super Bowl Nick Foles? Or are we going to get what we had with the Rams for a little while? <laughs> so, uh, we look at that. You look at that. You know, he we play magical. You know, I ain't taking nothing from that Super Bowl run. He was magical. Com- completely magical. But... But he started off the year. Nobody really talk about this, but he started off the year as a starting quarterback as, you know, um, uh, I can't think of Wentz. Yes, I'm sorry. Carson Wentz. As Carson Wentz, um, you know, was recovering from his injury. And Nick Foles did not do well, you know, to start the year. He was not playing at the same. I don't know if that's more Super Bowl hangover or what. But, you know, I think if he – and then once he came, kind of came back and Wentz was out for the year towards the end of the year – um, you see, you see Peterson kind of made and, and script plays for him, and was more safer with the plays when it came to him. 
Now, did the coordinator, officer coordinator over there in Jacksonville think they just going to go crazy um, Then and, you know, think they can air it out with Nick Foles? He's not that player, you know. But if he has a good running game, you know what I'm saying, and he can manage a game and the defense keep him in the game, I think he would be a good player, you know. And I, I think you can't – you got to pretty much throw out that, those St. Louis Rams years when he was yeah. with the St. Louis Rams. Yeah. Um, under Jeff Fisher, our offense was not great. Yeah. We didn't have a good office coordinator in place. You know, uh, Todd Gurley didn't do great. You know, in that in that system too. So I mean, you can't really look at that and kind of think that he's gonna be that player because again, our team wasn't wasn't great. You know, we didn't have a good coaching system in place. Yeah, yeah. I, I think one of the biggest keys for Jacksonville though is going to be looking at what Philly did with Nick Foles, not not bringing in Nick Foles and just saying, hey, this is a system that we've been running and we're going to go with this. No, look at what made him special in Philly, and you need to definitely 100% bring that. It may not be, of course, the same playbook and obviously all that, but I'm saying a lot of those concepts, especially the RPO and all that kind of stuff like that, bring that to Jacksonville and see if you can get that Nick Foles that had that special run in Philly. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, yeah, just about, you know, covered that. No need to me add anything. I agree. Uh, so we move on to some other big ones like Mark Ingram to Baltimore. Uh, I love it. Yeah, I mean, I love. We lost a good one. Hopefully, he, I love it. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm not sure how much he's gonna love it as an Asian running back going into that cold, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. no, he's gonna be fine. Like I said, mark my words. I put this on Twitter, and I had a couple Baltimore fans come and hit me up and calling me an idiot, calling me delusional, calling me stupid, just pissed off. You know, that's what happened when you use hashtags and stuff, man. You get the fan fan base on you. But, you know, what I said was um, I think Mark Ingram going to easily be a top five fantasy running back next year. Um, I just think you look at that system. If they stick with Lamar Jackson and you look at how hard-nosed Mark Ingram runs in that system, you know, with that type of quarterback who defense have to plan for them running off and taking off, you're going to automatically open up yeah. holes. You know, Mark Ingram ran the system with – you know, the Saints, and he ran well with the Saints without a dual-threat quarterback, without that threat. So that alone is going to have Mark Ingram getting an extra, you know, couple yards because they have to account for Lamar Jackson taking off. So I love I love Mark Ingram going there. He doesn't have a real threat. Um, they did release um, uh, Alex Collins because he got into some trouble, uh, some type of drug-related, gun-related stuff this year. But I think, you know, with him not really having any type of threat to take carries from him, um, I think he's going to be the man. You know, you don't go out and pay a, a, a running back, you know, three years, 15 mil, and he not be the man. So I think I love, I love, man. If I can get my hands on him, I'll be happy in fantasy football. Well, I'm not misguided because, I mean, he coming from the deep south Louisiana and playing in the dome to playing outside in the cold. You can't – I don't think – you really can't under – really estimate that. You can't really sweep that under the rug. I think that that, that you know, the cold affects people. When you get hit in the cold, it's yeah. different than getting hit in that dome. So, and, you know, Mark Ingram, my guy, but, I mean, he did have a fumbling problem, <laughs> too, you know, so yeah. I'm interested to see. <laughs> I'm interested to see. It's interesting, man. It's interesting. Yeah. You lose your boy, you kind of start no, looking yeah, at I'm the being completely so, objective. I'm yeah. being completely objective. I, I, I think I'm, I think I fall somewhere in between the two of y'all, but I actually really do like the move as well. Uh, my only thing is that we're going to you know, partially see with Ingram is how well Lamar Jackson also passes the ball down the field. 
um, of how much defenses are going to be able to just game plan for, you know, that attack that, you know, that they've been running. So I think that also depend on, you know, if, if they can get a true vertical passing game and all that, then I think Mark will definitely have a big year. But I think it was a heck of a pickup for them. Um, I think that he was definitely the piece that they needed to go out and get and plug into that offense. Um, and so, I mean, it, it thumbs up for me. Um, so and- this, this is what I think. the So with the first pick, I think, um, I believe the Baltimore Ravens are somewhere in the teens. I believe the 17th. Um, don't quote me on that. But I think if he's there, which he may not be there, they need to go after DK Metcalf. The reason I say that is they need a big body receiver on the, on the outside who's shown that, you know, and watching film that he can block on the outside. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He, he pretty much manhandled uh, Greedy Williams in the matchup when, they, when LSU played. You know, he blocked Greedy Williams all the way into the end zone. And so with the type of system that the Baltimore Ravens are going to run with, you know, Lamar Jackson, the zone read, and him running, taking off, they're going to need a big body receiver that can get down the field and also can block, you know, um, on the outside for when Lamar Jackson take off. So that'll be the perfect matchup if they're able to get their hands on DK Metcalf. Yeah, I, I think um, with that situation, they just better hope that somebody like the Giants or a team like that doesn't think to snatch him first because now with the Giants, of course, having the Browns first-round pick, there have been rumblings, too, that they, you know, may look quarterback first with their pick if they don't have to, you know, trade up even more from the sixth spot. And if they can keep both of those picks and DK sitting there, they're thinking that, too, that could be a guy that, that may go at that point. So, you know, maybe Baltimore does a little bit to, to move up to go grab a guy um, like DK, but that would be a, a heck of a pickup for them or, or pretty much anybody at this point. Uh, I mean, if you because you look at their roster right now. They released Michael Crabtree. John Brown just signed um, with the Buffalo Bills. So right now, their debt chart, they don't really have a right receiver. If anything, it's just as clear as day. They're not really hiding it. They don't really have a poker face on what they need with their team right now. I mean, and then they don't have a true receiver. So I think they're going to go young in the draft at receiver, and they're going to go with some bigger receivers again and and, and change up the course of the NFL. The NFL is going into a spread system where everybody kind of trying to spread it out, you know, do this air attack. They're going against the grain and kind of do what the Patriots did in the Super Bowl and doing this ground and pound. You know, it's, it, it just kind of it's just it's just a law of physics. You know, it's eventually going to even itself out and we're going to go back to this ground and pound game like, you know, the NFL was at one point. Then you look at Baltimore when you got Earl Thomas. You know, in the safety, you know, got they uh they got that Ed yeah, Reed type yeah. feel to it. I'm not gonna say dare say he's Ed on air, you know, he's Ed Reed, but you know, I mean Baltimore they, they quietly putting together something special, you know, they traded away Flacco, so they made it clear that they was gonna that Lamar was their guy. They believed that Lamar was their guy. What made it clear to us more importantly was, you know, when he was struggling in the playoff game, they they you know, Coach Harbaugh didn't even look at Flacco to put him yeah. in. So you know, I, I like to see a franchise getting behind a young QB. They, they feel like they got their QB. Now they went and got Earl Thomas, and now they got Mark Ingram. You know, so they're they really proving that they're trying to really turn this thing, you know, around. You know, their division, uh, to me, is up for grabs. I mean, Cincinnati, you know, they always, you know, uh, they're regular season all-stars. Yeah, but, but, you know, I, but. I don't believe in and then with, with Cleveland on uh, slowly yeah. on that high rise, and I think you know they'll push them on a, on a, you know on another level. 
You know, I mean, they they're really trying to show that they're really willing to to do what their division is doing. That's trying to move in a, in a forward direction. So, you know, yeah. um, I, another big one. Oh, you had some else. I was just gonna say, I'll say this right now: the Bengals are gonna have a top three pick next year. I agree. Right, that's not. That's I not. But at least they did the right thing and they finally fired Marvin. Marvin now, I don't understand how Marvin kept his job for that many years. Yeah. He's been mediocre his whole career there. But uh, Le'Veon to the Jets. I mean, I feel lukewarm about it. Honestly, yeah. I don't. I feel like he. I, I feel like more so maybe that was like a money move. Maybe yeah. you know it wasn't really like he was like, oh, I'm going to the Jets. We're gonna tear it up. We're yeah. gonna win now. You know, I think that he just, you know, he really wanted to get paid what he needed to get paid, and that's what he did. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I like the move. You know, he didn't get paid what he wanted to get paid. You know, like you mentioned, and like we talked about before in the past, he thought he was gonna break the market. You know, he didn't. You know, but I think he did a smart move. You know, because guess what? If he would have played another year under the Steelers, the Steelers probably would have wore him out, gave him, you know, a million touches. You know yeah, what I'm saying? And then yeah. he, if he would have got hurt, he probably wouldn't have got paid, or no team wouldn't have wanted to pay him what he got paid. Now, so I mean, he coming back refreshed, a year of sitting out. You know, that could have a little rust issue. But I, I kind of like what the Jets are doing. You know, they're doing that same script that these teams that went to the Super Bowl recently have done and you know and that's that script of taking your young quarterback you know while they're on their rookie contract and they're building pieces around them while they have that free money so you know they have Sam Darnold there you know a rookie quarterback you got free money let's go out and let's spin let's put pieces around him while he's cheap right now before we got to pay him you've seen the same thing that happened with Baker Mayfield you know what I'm saying you see the same thing that happened with the Eagles you see the same thing happen with the Rams that is the script. That is the blueprint. Now, if you want to be great, you know what I'm saying, if you want to have a team, build around your young quarterback while they're on that rookie contract, you know, and that's why I think the Arizona Cardinals are going to go after Kyler Murray with the number one pick. Well, I mean, that, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's more to add on to that because I think we'd be beating Yeah, but, yeah. uh, CJ Mosley went over to the Jets yeah, too. TJ, that's a big pickup for them. Yeah, so they trying to do a little something. So yeah, I nah, I think that they got Sam Donald. Yeah, I, mean, I think they'll be pretty legit, honestly. Um, not that they'll be, I don't see them. No, being great. When you say legit, you just tossing that word around. A legit, as in, I think they can. I, well, this might not be legit <laughs> to you, but legit on their scope of things, I think they can be a five hundred team. You think they'll be a wild card? Cause I don't legit know. Legit to me. I don't if you make their playoffs, you legit. I think, I think there'll be a team fighting for the playoffs at the end. And that's that's saying a lot for a team that has not been in that position in a so long who time. Who receivers? So, uh, what, Quincy Anuma? Who's um, that? You know, <laughs> uh, my fantasy team, but still, yeah, like, uh, uh, like if that's the first name you go to as your wide receiver, bro, that's my my point is made. They have they have no. They got Jamison Crowder. Oh my! Okay, Jameson, really? Jameson Crowder is a decent slot receiver. <laughs> nah, the Jets are. The Jets yeah. don't have. It, yeah, I think outside of Lakers, they don't have a formidable weapon. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I can. And then, like Sam Darnold was just knocking out. I think out that, the that defense is going to be improved, especially like you said, going out and getting a guy like C.J. Mosley. We already know they got Clay, They got more Claiborne, right? I don't know. No, he's a free agent. Oh, uh, they they let him go. 
Yeah. No, nah, he's still free. He's still looking for a deal. But he was with the Jets, wasn't he? He was. At one he point. was at yeah. one point, yeah. Um, and then you look at, you know, Jamal Adams back there, who a couple years ago we had a little debate on Jamal Adams. I don't know. Oh, you yeah, know, I forgot of, about Jamal. Yeah, yeah, yeah Jamal. Yeah, yeah forgotten about. <laughs> yeah, nah, not forgotten about at all on, on my end. A, a guy that's definitely a game changer, should I say. Um, a game changer, a uh, second team all pro. Arguably should have been first team, um, but you know, neither here or there with that debate that we had a couple of years ago. But I think that they have a, a couple of nice pieces over there, and I think he went and got the bag. Him and Jamal Adams, you can see it already kind of built a relationship. Jamal was kind of basically recruiting him all season, um, and so it just kind of turned out in their favor that they had the money to go out and spend. And like Lowe said, might as well spend it while you have your young quarterback, your rookie quarterback on his rookie deal. Not rookie quarterback, but your young quarterback on his rookie deal. Uh, might as well go out and spend. And so I think, like I said, they'll be a solid team. Um, will they be, obviously, like a lead and really make big, big noise? I don't think that, but they'll be solid. So let's talk about my Saints, and we'll talk about Colossus Rams. They made a big signing, too. Um... First, Drew Brees restructured his deal. He still do twenty three million dollars this year, but and he's forty years old. Ain't he forty one? I think he had a birth. No, he just nah, made forty. He just made 40. Yeah, I think he got the same birthday, January fifteenth. I think I so. I can't remember his birthday. Yeah, his birthday, January fifteenth. Yeah, we got we were great. Once again, Drew Brees. <laughs> me. But anyway, uh, yeah, he's do twenty three million still, but still the way they restructured it, he will have fifteen million dollars of. You know, kind of like play money. So, first of all, what do you think about a guy? What do you think it says about a guy like him and his sacrifice? Or is that hard to say because he's still getting paid twenty three million dollars? Yeah, I, I think. That the, I don't think. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I I think the the thing from it that we got to look at is that he doesn't. I I guess it's not my money, but it doesn't seem as big of a sacrifice to me when I you look at the blueprint to me that's been set for so many years in Tom Brady that I don't think has ever been the highest paid quarterback in the league. But you look at a guy that is looked at as the GOAT. So, I mean, if Tom Brady can can do it and even do it at a greater point of not even reaching that 23 mil point or whatever you were just talking about, I don't see it as big of a sacrifice for Drew because obviously he want to get another ring before he get out of there. So it's like, mm. Yeah. So, I mean, that allowed us. So the first thing that we went and did was we – well, one of the, big, the bigger signings that we did uh, – to me, is uh, Teddy Bridgewater. We was able to resign him. It was rumors that he was considering, you know, going to Miami with the Dolphins. You know, with an with a opportunity to start right away, I think it says a lot, and it speaks of volumes that he's willing to resign for seven mil. But it is one year. It's only one year. But, you know, still, we was able to retain him, and he's willing to play that backup role to Drew Brees. Drew Brees don't miss games. Drew Brees had missed the game, and Knock on wood. <laughs> Knock on wood. But he had missed the game and, you know, about, I don't know, I don't even want to guess. I might, if I was to guess, I'd say maybe four or five years. But, you know, so he don't, he, he know he's not going to see the field that much, but I guess he wants to learn behind Drew with the opportunity of maybe taking over that team. Because Sean Payton did say that that's, that's going to be his future guy. But then there's rumors that Sean is looking at Dallas. So I don't know what's going on anymore. But, you know, what do y'all think about that dude? I think, first of all, I think it wasn't much of a sacrifice by Drew Brees at all. Because, again, yeah, Drew Brees still has two years on his contract this year and next. 
you know, unless Drew Brees come out and say, absolutely, all right, this is my last year, then, okay, then it was a sacrifice. Because what they did was move that money to next year. His cap hit going to be somewhere around $40 million. You know, that's really that's really putting a hold on your team to making moves and building pieces where you, and you, if you look at it, you know, that cap, cap hold, you got to get rid of players like Mark Ringham, players you would like to hold on if you really want to make make that Super Bowl run. So if he really wanted to restructure his deal, he would have, you know, maybe given some of that money back, not really move that money to the next year, you know what I'm saying? So you can get players, you know, and keep players like Mark Ingram, you know. So I really think, you know, um, I, I really think the, the Saints are in a good place because, again, it was announced that Teddy is coming back, you know, with the team. You know, I think they're in a good place. But, again, they cannot play around with this with Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater purposely went out and he looked and he shopped around and looked at Miami to see what they had to offer. It's pretty much, I think, in my mind, to show the Saints that, hey, you know, you guys, you know, if you play around with this and you – you know, and Breeze keep stringing you guys along. I'm not going to sit behind him forever. I have to have a career that I want to build myself. So I think he's learning, and he set half the season last year and learned, I mean, a season behind him last year and learned. But I think you can't hold him down too much longer. You know, I think this year, and that's it. God, God forbid something happened to Breeze. But I think this year, and then you pay Teddy Bridgewater this year to just pretty much, you know, out of respect. For him sitting and learning, you pay Teddy Bridgewater and you move forward with him and you let go of Drew Brees. Oh, man, you can't let go of Drew, man. Drew has done so much for New Orleans. and Drew is It's still, come to time, man. You got to let go, I man. I understand that, but Drew's still playing at a high level. You know, he had the highest QBR in the league last year. You know, so, I mean, I, you, this, is, this is what you got to look at. You know I was faced with this situation years ago. Uh-huh. Hey, man, you would have never thought and, and, and the, I'm you, not. I'm you, not being. I'm not being like that. Saints fan is like. I don't. I know it's not coming to an end. But basically, over, over the course of the year of last year, what I seen from Drew, Drew still has a lot in the. You got to look at it. Peyton Manning still. Once he left Indianapolis, that's when he set records in Denver. He set records. He still had a good bit left in the tank. Now I know it's different from the fact that Peyton Manning also had come off injury, surgery, all that. I understand that. But Peyton Manning still proved that he still had something in the tank. Mm-hmm. He went to Denver. That's he killed. Yeah, for another, he, like, what, three years? Yeah. So he still had something in the tank. But the, what the organization saw was that, do we take this little bit that we got left from Peyton, or do we take what we may have for an extended period of time with Andrew? So, so, how, so you got a quarterback like him, Andrew Brees, who didn't throw a pick until, what, week, I want to say, week, don't make me lie. We, it was a double. It was deep into the season. I think it was like week, week 10 maybe, if not later. You know, or you look at he had the highest QBR in his career and in, in the NFL. I mean, I mean, why would you rush that process, I'm saying? Because you see, we was one we was one BS flag call away from going to the Super Bowl. I mean – why would you do away with that? I understand it's a time to retool or rebuild, but with the framework of the team, we got one of the best wide receivers, top five wide receivers in the league. We got arguably one of the top five running backs in the league. Our defense is getting better and better week by week. Why would you why would you take that away and be like, okay, it's to, okay guys, just pack it in, Drew, get kick it to the curb. We're about to we got a, a premier superstar quarterback. We're gonna kick it to the curb because you're getting old. This, this is why I think the team does that. This is why I think that team do that. Because, again, you don't have 
decent or above average quarterbacks walking around every day. And that's y'all have a starting caliber quarterback as y'all backup, and that's a luxury at this point. So you don't have that every day. Yes, you roll with Drew Brees this year, and you give him that respect, and you let him finish out and hopefully finish out on his terms without having to make that decision next year. But again, Drew Brees, yes, he's playing at the high level, but for all the time, nobody defeats for all the time. And I think Drew Brees, he cannot continue to play at that high level, as we've seen in the playoffs where, yes, he did play good in the regular season, but he disappeared at points in the playoffs where he wasn't the quarterback uh, that we were used to seeing. Drew Brees, you know, looking at his old highlights compared to how he does now, he doesn't have the same spin and stuff that he used to. You know, and it, I think once Drew Brees starts to decline, you can't be, you know, you can't risk losing Teddy, you know, Drew Brees decides to come back another year, and then Drew Brees decides to hang it up. And then you guys are stuck with, Oh, man, maybe we should get a quarterback out the draft. Oh, man, I hope we can find somebody. Then you will have no a quarterback for the next 10 years. You know what I'm saying? Yes, Drew Brees is good in the short term, but you want to look long term. These GMs, these players, and you got to look at the money. How much money is he hitting towards your cap right now? You got to look at that point, too. So you got an aging quarterback and how much he's hitting towards your cap. And that's the decision they're going to have to make after this year. Yeah, my thing before giving my total, because I kind of gave part of my take on it, but before I move forward with just a little bit more of my take, I want to ask you a question, Rob, as a Saints fan. What do you, what is your evaluation of Teddy Bridgewater? Like, what do you believe he can be in this league? I, I, I'm not quite sure. I, I don't, I mean, because he's coming out, he was coming off a knee injury. He played a little bit with our last game. I mean, he started our last game. I mean, he didn't, you know, he looked like he was just trying to feel his way. You know, it, it's kind of hard to really evaluate him. I have to see what he do does in camp and whatnot. But, I, I mean, what he was before that injury, I mean, Minnesota put everything they could behind him. So, you know, I mean, just dote on that. I know what Teddy's capable of, but just after injury, I hadn't seen enough of Teddy to make a true evaluation. But I want, do want to piggyback off what Lowe said, and then you can get your take yeah. on this. I agree with everything Carlos is saying, you know, in a perspective of a franchise. The only thing that's kind of different in what we're saying is that I'm looking at the scope of the team. This team is built to win now. So I don't think that really you're thinking about the future right now and you want to play away from the Super Bowl. I mean, I, you know, me, I don't think, you know, me as a fan, I'm not like, I'm not thinking about the future. I'm thinking about now because it's going to come a time where we got to pay Al, you got to pay Michael. We gotta play uh um Yeah, Marsha. We gotta play Marcus Williams. We gotta we gonna have to play rankings. You know, we gonna it's gonna come a time like we just all these people gonna have to play and we gonna have to we're not gonna be able to pay all of them. Not but this is this is the thing, because it may be a situation where you can't we talked about the Rams for I don't know how long, for at least two years of saying how are they gonna pay all these guys? Ain't no way they can pay Aaron Aaron Donald and then also pay Ty Gurley. And you know what? They ain't gonna be able to pay Brandon Cooks and they and what have the Rams been doing? Finding a way after way to continue to pay them. You know guys. how though? Yeah. You know how? That's because we have a quarterback on a cheap deal. Drew Brees is not on that deal. And that's why I say you guys you make a good point by saying that you have to pay those guys, but with Drew Brees' cap hit being over $40 million after this year, you're not going to be able to pay those guys that's coming up at the end of their rookie deals. And that's why the Saints, this year is the, mark my words, mark my words. I love Drew Brees. Drew Brees is a Hall of Famer, first ballot. 
but this is the last year that Drew Brees, if Drew Brees doesn't go out on his own, this is the last year that the Saints do it with Drew Brees. They're not going to let Teddy sit three straight years behind him. Teddy's not going to do that. Like and Teddy the Saints know like, that. Like, I guarantee that. That's the Saints this like is the last year. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. We, 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 right, right, right. I know you can go back and forth with this. And this is my whole thing on it. I know that you're saying, of course, you're in this whole win-now situation. I agree the Saints are right there to win now. But I think that the Saints are in a position as a franchise to be a contender now, but also to extend that window. Just as you were mentioning, I know you feel that y'all can't pay those guys long-term, which I disagree and feel that it, it is a way that it can't be done. But you got to realize the premier talent on the Saints, if you really look at it, is young talent, which means that that window can be extended. But the thing about it, that's not going to mean much if you don't have a serviceable guy back there at quarterback. So in my opinion, with Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater is a starter in this league, and I believe with the right situation, him being fully rehabbed, him you know fully fit in the system, Teddy Bridgewater can be a upper end, upper echelon starting quarterback in this league. So instead of you, of course, I know you focusing on the now, this year, next year, blah, blah, blah. I'm looking at a 10-year decision versus a one- or two-year decision. And I Absolutely. think that the Saints can set themselves up for a solid 10 years as opposed to, hey, let's ride this wave with Drew and let's, you know, just, that's just my opinion. But when I, when I say that, too, when I'm talking about riding the wave, I'm talking about I'm not in such a rush. I mean, I guess... I mean, this year, for real, like, this year is, is, is get or done. Like, if we don't get it done this year, I feel like, you know, we could we need to do something different. So maybe we are all collectively yeah. saying the same thing. Because we know it's not going to change. Right, we, we know, know it's not. Now, if I year. see a drastic decline in Drew, and I look at the scope of the squad, you know, because I have to see, you know, I mean, when you think about it, the, we, we are really, really good this year. Year before last, the, the prior year when we had a good season, Prior to uh, the, the Minnesota Miracle Year, we weren't expected. I wouldn't have high expectations for them, and because the, the year before we were trash, and you know it showed. You know, so I didn't, and we didn't make any drastic changes. So it, you know, it, it kind of we did draft a lot of rookies. Yeah, so you know, I didn't know what what to get out of them. But you know, I mean, it just shows you a, a year's difference. So. If, if we if we go into this year mediocre, you know, we finish the year off scraping for our lives, scratching for our lives to make the playoffs, wild card, uh, then I'll be like, yeah, well, maybe we need to look at, you know, making Teddy and letting Drew go. But if we if we looking like we did this year, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, Teddy's just going to have to go. We just missed that ship. We, it ain't like we can't find another great quarterback. They got great quarterbacks coming up in the ring. We got our boy from Clemson coming up. Okay, yeah, you think you're gonna you get the first pick to get him? To get those guys. I know. How y'all saying that we y'all gonna suck? <laughs> so, <laughs> so no, I don't think y'all gonna suck like that. But I don't <laughs> think you're gonna have the first overall pick. That 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 requires a miracle for y'all to get up there and all that happened. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you. I mean, I get what you're saying. I love Breeze, and you gotta respect what he did. But I just can't. I can't get around if. And then another thing that you're not really thinking about is if Drew Breeze do come back. You're going to have to let go of some of those guys that you like. That team is not going to be as good because Drew Brees' cap number is high. That's what I'm saying. That's the reason you got to make money decisions. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have to – that team won't be as good around him anymore because all those young rookie contracts, gonna, somebody going to have to go. Kind of what the Rams dealing with right now. The Rams had one of the best offensive linemen graded by PFL. 
you know, and that was Roger Southall. He'd been with us through thick, through thin, but we just can't pay him because we paid Gurley. We paid um, Brandon Cooks. We paid Donald. You know, we couldn't pay him. We had to let him go. So we losing talent on the offensive line, and that's things that you guys are going to have to make if you decide to keep Breeze instead of keeping a cheaper Teddy Bridgewater, you know, which Teddy Bridgewater is going to be cheaper, way cheaper than what Drew Breeze is going to be because, again, if Drew Breeze stay healthy – you know, you pretty much, you you got a guy that you don't know what you're going to get, so you can pretty much write what you want him to be. You can put him right at the market average um, for his contract, you know, and I think that's the smart move to, to make. And to answer your question earlier, Ramon, what type of guy I think Teddy Bridgewater is, I know you asked it to Rob, but I like this. I think he's a Pro Bowl player. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if you give him a year of being the guy, Working in the system with the ones, a whole, full off season, I think you getting a Pro Bowl player, and if you can keep all that talent on the Saints, I think he's definitely a Pro Bowl player. Not a Hall of Fame or anything like that, but I think he's a Pro Bowl. He has Pro Bowl talent. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I, yeah, I agree. So I mean, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah. Obviously, we'll know more as this yeah. season goes on and progresses. But. Yeah. So Eric Weedle to your Rams, Los, take it away. What does that mean for your Rams? I mean, it means a lot. I think this is more of a Andrew Withworth signing. And Andrew Withworth was one of our offensive tackles. He's an older guy. And I think uh, Eric Weddle, you know, one of the biggest things players talked about how great of a teammate he was and how big they were, how big he was on their career and teaching them how to study and things of that nature. You know, and Eric Weddle, he's, he's, he's one of those players that he plays free. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's one of those players that, that he gives, he's, he brings versatility to the defense. You know, and I love it. You know, and I, he can play both spots. You know what I'm saying? We and your team can, the defense can tack you from different positions. So we got him on. If you look at his deal compared, compared to all what these other safeties got, we got him at a complete steal, you know, for the next two years. You know, we got him at a little over six mil per year. Then you look at Landy Collins, who broke the market for safety. You look at, you know, uh, Earl Thomas, who also got a nice contract. You know, you look at the Rams signing him before free agency opened. They got a complete steal. So I love the move right now. You you know, the Rams still a little weak at linebacker. You know, there's been rumors that, you know, we're looking at um, Clay Matthews possibly coming over to us. Uh, to give us some help. Maybe he'll be a third down. You know, he's not the same guy he used to be. We still need some linebacker help. We need somebody in the middle because they're gonna we're losing uh, Ndamuk and Sue um, here soon. Um, and I think we should build through the, 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 the team should build the offensive line through the draft. You know, maybe with our 31st pick, we get us an offensive lineman would be ideal for us. So, I mean, I think that we're making smart moves. We're still going to get our uh, comp picks next year with losing LaMarcus Joyner because that's who – Eric Weddle is going to replace in our team. And LaMarcus Joyner really took a step back last year. So I think if he can pretty much give us, um, you know, 90% of the player he's been in the past, I think our defense take a step forward. Yeah, man, I, I like the deal. What, what is that going to mean for y'all? Do y'all have a safety, a second-year safety who was very promising over there? I can't yeah, remember. John Johnson. You know, what, John Johnson what, what, what stepped up. What do you think that he, means for him? Yeah, I think that that's what, you know, as I mentioned before, I think him being a teammate and teaching him how to study film, the first thing Eric Weddle did um, after his uh, his um, his entry interview uh, with the, the media was ask the coach for film on John Johnson, you know what I'm saying? And he got film and started, you know, looking through that so, you know, he can work with him and things that he can improve on. So that's what I love, you know, about, about him already. He already you know, in his bag of studying, you know, getting ready for this season. So 
I mean, again, the Rams still, as free agency open, haven't made any moves besides the, the move they did make was before free agency. So I'm interested to see this second wave of free agency, smaller, you know, not big as big of name players, and see what moves they make or see if they restructure any contracts to free up some money so we can make uh, some linebacker moves. I'm speaking on the aspect of playing time, too. What, what Do y'all run a two-safety two scheme? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Both our safeties are so on the field. So they'll be on the field at the same, same time? time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I like the sign. I mean, I think it's always good when a veteran. Eric Reels would say he has a lot left in the tank. What I saw with him in Baltimore, it, it appears that he does. Uh, you know, Rams, you know, stay scheming on those big-time players, man. They, they stay – Yep. They say get him. So you mentioned Landon. Did you talk to him? You want to see him say right here? Nah, I don't have him. Let's just say I thought it was a good. <laughs> nah, and I'm not saying. Nah, I'm not saying. Nah, I'm trying to clean it up. I like that. I like no, that. No, I'm yeah, not saying that. Yeah, it's not. You know, I was the first we one spent, to say something in the group. No, we spent too much time on it. I agree. Let's move on. Landon Collins with the Redskins. Man, they already was a great defense, and now they got Landon Collins. Yeah. And they, but, they broke the And they re signed AP. Man, they, they Redskins, man, they. Uh, I mean, we thought that. I mean, was, I still don't buy too much in that quarterback situation. Yeah, they, they, they do. They, they did. Yeah, Cousins, they going. Cousins, they they wondering if he going to play again. So well, you, you talking about? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I stay doing Cousins, this. Right? I, I did that last Smith. week. I don't know. Alex I don't know. I just really yeah. compare those two. Like they like the same <laughs> above average quarterback. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, they you know they. The Redskins, they rolling, man. They going for it all. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. I mean, I, I think that they look uh, pretty solid. I think that was a great pickup for them. Um, in my opinion, Landon Collins was the best safety that was on the board um, this offseason. So, you know, I really wanted my Colts to make a run at them, but they didn't make a serious run at them. They weren't going to break the bank. Uh, it's not I'm sick of y'all, man. Y'all got too much money it's, just to let's yeah. speak on that a little right. bit. What are the coaches doing? Right. How you got all that money? Yeah, yeah, got all this money. All right, right. 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 Look, you can think about this in the shower. Look, you like, all right, all right. Yeah, now, Chris Ballard. First of all, Chris Ballard's number one thing in his mind is he builds a team through the draft, and the reason why he feels that way is because he feels that he can sustain long-term success through the draft and those pieces in that way. But the same thing with Chris Ballard, too, is that he knows that those young guys, just as the Rams have had to pay their young guys, he knows guys like Darius Leonard and all that and Quentin Nelson and all that, they're going to come down the pipe and have to get paid. But also, too, next year is a big year for us free agency-wise as far as what we have on our roster as far as guys like Eric Ebron and Jabal Sheard and all those guys. I think we have up to, like, 29 free agents or something next year, um, of which probably 15 or 20 of those guys he would want to re-sign. So his whole thing is he's not going to overpay in the market right now um, when he knows that he's thinking long-term for our franchise and organization. So he's not trying to bite the bullet and let's just go and make big splashes right now and grab these big names. And then next year we're sitting in a position that we can't retain some of the guys we would have wanted to keep. So I get that. Um, I get that. I get that, Ramon. I, I feel you on that. But y'all have good pieces. You know what I'm saying? But y'all don't have pieces like that. Y'all have, don't get me wrong, y'all have good pieces. But, okay, there's Leonard. Okay, great player. You know, the Seer, y'all end up paying him and bringing him back. Yeah. You know, he ended up playing on a proven deal and did better. But outside of Darius Leonard, you know, your quarterback, you don't really have a true number one running back. You know what I'm saying? You don't really have a true number one receiver besides T.Y. T.Y. is yeah. nice, but 
I wouldn't put him in the the, the top five of receivers at all. Yeah. You know, so I think if wow. you got that type of money, it's I feel like it's fine to maybe not overspend or go crazy and play a bunch of players, but in places, you know, uh, put give, give them a two or three year deal. You know, like yeah. these players have been getting in places improve your team you know what i'm saying maybe go get a safety you know what i'm saying and pay him two or three you know uh, uh two or three year deal you know what i'm saying you're not yeah. breaking the bank yeah. by in, in spots getting these premier players i think that y'all just wasting great opportunities yes it's yeah. great to have money but it's if you don't have money you're not spending it on anything and you it, it just doesn't do do any, do any good for you yeah, I, I agree. Um, I feel that it should have been a blended approach. Um, honestly, I feel that there was room to make, you know, about two, maybe three splashes out there. Um, I really wanted us to go out and get C.J. Mosley. Um, the, the top guys on my list to get, I wanted C.J. Mosley. I also wanted us to make a real run at Landon Collins. Um, and then, of course, you know, for a while, I've been wanting us to make a run at Le'Veon Bell as well. Um, I think that part of it, if you really look at you know, obviously, I'm not trying to say this guy is elite. I'm, I never try to stretch things for my players. But production-wise, Marlon Mack, the second half of the season, yeah. was arguably a top three running back like, yeah, as far as healthy. his true production. And so I believe that he believes in Marlon Mack and also um, in your draft sleeper last year in, the, in Naheem Hines. Um, so I believe he believes that. But also, too, we did have some um, injuries that faced us last year at the wide receiver position. Um, especially the guy that we thought would have an impact in his rookie year and Deion Kane um, out of um, Clemson that ended up being out for the entire year. So we still believe in him. Uh, we went out and signed Devin Funches to give us kind of another piece, just a guy that can kind of once again take the top off of defense in a sense. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm not 100% on Ballard's bandwagon. I see what he's doing. I understand why he's doing what he's doing. Um, but I felt that there was room to make at least one to three splashes. Maybe I'll say, yes, and that's exactly what I'm saying. Y'all have room to do one and three. Maybe not even get crazy. Maybe go hard after Le'Veon Bell. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Give him a two-year deal. And you know what I'm saying? Okay, that won't break the bank forever. But yeah. you, again, you have a top running back in your backfield. You have your speed receiver on the outside. You have an offense that's then dangerous. Yes, Marlon Mack played well down the stretch, but Marlon Mack is not a, a, a player that I think that, again, I know you mentioned this, you know he's not elite, but he's not a player that a team is going missing sleep over to game plan for. You know what I'm saying? And so I think I think y'all just missed the opportunity, unfortunately, with that, you know, with the money y'all you guys have. And, you know, you look at a team like the Packers. The Packers had that same M.O., but if you look at what the Packers did this offseason, they went out and they spent money, you know, and that's unlike the Packers. The Packers never go out and spend money. They do the same thing, build through the draft, don't sign free agents, you know, but they see now, you know, like a team like the Rams who went out, spent money last year, you know what I'm saying, and they know they have a window. They, they're going after it. Each year is its own year. Go after it, man. Don't build through the draft, man. That you're gonna Okay, you're going to make a championship run how often, you know what I'm saying? once every what 10 years you know like go after it you know and i just feel like you got the money spend it you know and i just i don't get it i don't get yeah. it yeah like i said i think he's just gonna be it's just kind of his style his mo um and i just kind of kind of take my hands off of it in a sense i mean it, we did we were you know i know we had those issues with andrew luck and stuff the year before but we did go from 4 and 12 to um a 10 and 16 uh, so I'm just going to kind of trust Ballard through this situation and just see what he but, does. 
but think about it through this aspect too. Another aspect that Ballard, I don't know if he realized or or deals with, but when you sign these type of players like that, you know what I'm saying? You create excitement around your team. You know what I'm saying? You create, you know, building through the draft is, oh, yeah, that's cool, you know, and a lot of times you don't know if these players are going to translate to the NFL. But signing free agents, players that's proven that they're good and can do it in the NFL, creates more excitement around your team. You know what I'm saying? It, it teams, you sell tickets. You get, you get, it puts more money in your pocket, I think. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's the aspect. I don't think that, you know, these GMs that go with that, 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 that blueprint of building through the draft only, not really overpaying for free agents. I get that. Don't overpay for free agents. Don't go crazy. That don't never work. I get that. But in spots, you know, getting you some one or two, two year deals is great. Yeah. So, uh, other big news that we even we could have let off with this AB to the Raiders. Yeah, huge news. Man, we, absolutely. We, last week it was talking about Ramon, and we we felt we I think it was it was the it was reported that the decision we made Friday, yeah. and it kind of passed, man. It it was the Raiders, you know, John Gruden is starting to look a little bit smarter. Yeah, yeah. He's starting to look a little bit smarter. Uh, with the moves that he's made so far, you're able to get AB. I think that he's. I think that that team has won. You know, they 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 right up there with the. I think with the with the Rams um, and uh, with with Cleveland, of course. You know, as, as far as what, as, as far as having an off, off season, yeah, off season. Uh, part of that hinges too on what they do in the draft, I think. But yeah, I, I mean, I think I'm they talking they, about free agency wise, off season wise. They, yeah. they scored slam dunk. But what you know, let's talk about the Raiders a little bit. Um they got rid of Khalil Mack um to the Bears. They got rid of Mark Cooper. Uh and both are kind of vocal guys. You know, uh, Khalil Mack especially was very vocal and John Gruden. So the trend kinda of looked like he wasn't too for a player that's for appears to be for himself. But yeah, you go and get A B. You know, A B has proven that he you know, he doesn't bite his tongue. You know, he's going to be who he is. And they went and got him. I mean, John Gruden and A.B., it just seems unconventional to me. Yeah, I mean, with that situation, like you said, um, it is somewhat unconventional. But one thing, like, A.B. stressed over and all, over again was how much, I guess, John Gruden felt like family to him and how... John Gruden, in a sense, too, like, I guess cared about him more than just as an asset, but, you know, as a guy. And I think that that was a big selling point for A.B. and him being so behind the move. But like you said, my my thing that's more of a, a question to me, too, is that I, I think getting A.B. is great. And we believe that A.B., I don't think this year he'll be the best wide receiver because I'm going on record and saying Odell is going to be the best wide receiver in the league this year. But this... Does AB's timeline and window, does it fit Oakland's timeline and window? Like, AB is 31 this year. We know receivers, once once they kind of start getting to that, into their 30s, you start to see somewhat of a decline. You yeah, Oakland you see none with AB, though. I see no decline in AB. But I, I think, don't. Well, I, you can go you, you can go look. AB is so, one of those athletes like LeBron. Like, they work out so much. You know that they are gonna last. I think AB got at least a good, a good three or four more years left. I agree with that. I 100% agree with that. I don't think he's going to decline. 
But again, you got to look at the situation, too. A.B. can be the greatest he can be, but Derek Carr has shown in the past that he can be inconsistent as well, too. So, I mean, you look at A.B. hasn't caught a touchdown pass on no other quarterback but Ben Roethlisberger. I think, yes, Ben Roethlisberger has his flaws and has his problems, but Ben Roethlisberger, you know, they built that chemistry over years where he can put the ball in places that other quarterbacks can't. And, and, and they had that chemistry to where, you know, A.B. seems covered and he throw that back shoulder. That stuff is going to take time. And so that's why I think A.B. is going to maybe take a step back this year, maybe not lead the league in touchdowns, you know, as we mentioned in a, a podcast before. But, you know, maybe have around 9, 10 touchdowns, you know, and still be a decent receiver, you know, maybe a wide receiver too when it comes to fantasy. But I don't think he's going to be – A.B. of Steelers, where he's definitely worth maybe in that first-round conversation of fantasy football. Yeah. I, like I said, I, I still – I don't get me wrong. They they got A.B. for great value. You make that trade to me 10 times out of 10 times. I definitely feel to. that way. Yeah. You got to make that trade. I just – I'm not 100% convinced that the timeline of A.B. is going to fit what the true timeline of the Oakland Raiders – um, should be. I know you can't obviously sit back and just wait forever for it to just happen. I know you got to go out and make moves, but I still don't see Oakland being a, to me, solid contender for another three or maybe four years. And so, you know, I think that these, these draft picks they have and all that is going to really be um, important to the franchise and probably cornerstones for the franchise in the future. And I just don't know like you said, maybe A.B. is is that LeBron type, and, and he could very well so be, but I just don't know if his window totally fits open window, but that's just kind of my take in my view. Yeah, uh, we'll see where it goes. I think that uh, David Carr can get it out there to him. So, I mean, it's going to be, you know, A.B., he know what he, he's one of those uh, uh, collected guys. So, I mean, I don't think he would have. Yeah. agree to it if he didn't yeah. think that it will be something special. Yeah, I have a chip on his shoulder as well, so yeah, that's so. also another factor. Yeah, he's definitely going to be on my fantasy team if I'm able to snag him. But Just take him in the first round, bro. That's, I might. might. Did you call him his brother? Huh? No. No. <laughs> no. I thought he said David Carr. So, anymore, he, oh, Tyron Matthew, we, we skipped over yeah. that. I mean, pretty decent. I mean, they got rid of, they cut Eric Berry, and yeah. that, that was kind of sad. Yeah, it was. But uh, hopefully he finds a home somewhere. Yeah, but, I think one of the saddest things was reading like one of the headlines because it was like Chiefs cut former Pro Bowl and cancer survivor or something. I was just like, man, like they really like they really, they really, really went to go, yeah, yeah, they really went to get home with that uh, with that headline like that. But I mean, Tyron Matthew, that's a Swiss Army knife. I mean, they were showing um, all the positions, all the different spots he was put in last year. It was probably like 10 or 11 different spots. It was just crazy, like, what they showed that he does on the field. So, um, he's always, to me, a good pickup anywhere he goes. The only concern about him at this point is health because, you know, that goes back and forth with him. Yeah. 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 Anymore. Anymore. New signings. I'd like one I like is the Moncrief signing. You know, after they lost A.B., uh, Dante Moncrief, you know, there, that's a lot of targets, you know. Um, Juju can't get all the targets over there and, uh, and with the Steelers. So I like the Dante Moncrief, you know, getting with a quarterback and actually get him the ball. He actually played pretty decent, you know, um, with Bortles, you know, and Bortles is, you know, tragic, you know. And so 
Um, and he also played pretty decent with Cody Kessler, you know, as they got, you know, as they benched uh, Bortles last year. So I think with him getting opportunity, Dante Moncrief, uh with the um, Steelers, I think he, he's going to he's going to take advantage of those of those targets he's going to get. Uh, fantasy wise, where do you think he might fall? Oh uh, no, I think he's going to be a decent wide receiver, wide receiver, th- wide receiver two, wide receiver three. Um, you know, and I think he's going to be one of those players that that's probably going to win some people. You know, he's going to be one of those those pickups. Um, you know, I know you guys are probably take note of that. Any particular round? Any particular round? You looking for him in in fantasy? I know you're trying to bait me into all this information, <laughs> but I keep giving it to you because you know a lot of stuff changed. You know. Um, but I, I mean, I think he's going to be a good six or seven round pickup, you know, maybe people won't take him that high, but I think again, Juju can't get all those catches there, you know, and you got to look at the backfield now too, you know, Le'Veon's not really drawing those, those targets and stuff like that. Question, question, question. All right. Fantasy wise, who y'all taking first, Juju or AB? Who do you draft first out of those two? I'd probably take Juju realistically. No, I think you still stick with A.B. I know what Juju's going to do. I know he's going to give me. I don't know what A.B. Because A.B., I know his ability, but what about the system? This this the reason I say that. I You don't know what – for me personally, you don't know what Juju's going to give you. Juju has always had the other guy on the other side. He you hasn't had know? to be the man to take on double teams. A.B.'s you know, A.B. took those double teams from him. And so what he had to beat was one on one coverage, and that's why I don't I don't know what you're gonna get with Juju now. Who's gonna be the man now? But what about when AB was hurt and Juju still was eating crazy? I had him on my fantasy squad. He was eating nasty with AB out. I don't know. I got to look at the the splits on AB in and AB out. Because I mean AB, I mean Juju ate regardless. Juju ate when AB was out there. Shoot. Juju's getting the same amount of targets, if not a little bit more than AB. When AB, I'm not doubting his talent. Don't get me wrong, but again, we you're seeing a team now where teams are going to game plan for him. He's the man. He's going to be double teamed, and and that's why I like the Moncrief. You know, because again, he's going to be double teamed now, and I think. Now he may not be as productive. I think he has ability to be, but I think he may struggle out the gate. Yeah. Well, I mean. That's valid. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. That's why we. That's why we watch real quick. Westbrook about the body slam of family. <laughs> Any thoughts? I mean, I think the. I think the NBA did the right thing. I think um, Westbrook did the right thing. You just don't take disrespect. No, you know, I just. Man. I think. I think it's unfortunate that Utah has that rep that you know as being racist. You know, and as you know, uh, talking to players like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nah, it's great. It, it was just, it's one of those things that it, it, it spilled over even, too, from the whole stuff that happened last year with Utah and Russ, and, you know, they kind of known for that at this point. You know, I think the right move was made, like also saying it, and banning the fan. Um, I think that there has to come to a point that, like, fans can't feel that like you can just say anything to players. Mm-hmm. I think some fans get out of line. Like, there's a point where you can quote-unquote trash talk, try to get in the player's head and all this kind of stuff. But there are certain lines that you don't cross, you know, because you wouldn't say that to them if you saw them walking down the street or something like that. You right. would, if you wouldn't feel comfortable saying it to them in a situation like that, don't feel like, okay, now I'm sitting in the stands and now I can be Mr. Big and Bad. I got my girl right here. I'm going to show her. I'm going to say this to Russell Westbrook. Yes, yeah, cool. You know, that, yeah. It's, That's corny. I mean, I think the league needs to do a better job of protecting their players. I don't think that fans should be able to say whatever they want to to a player. 
knowing that they the player can't do anything. Right. And you know it, it's irritating to Westbrook, and I think Westbrook has been one of the main front 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 spokespersons of of, of the the sentiment that uh, the the the. The, the league needs to do something about protecting yeah. these players. And I think that banning him from Utah game is great. But I think that, you know, like, I think he should be banned from all NBA arenas. Yeah. You know, like, he should, you know, there's no place in this world for that type of nastiness and filth of what he, what Westbrook said that he told him. And, you know, it just goes to show you that these fans are, are just, they, it's just stupid, man. Sit down, like KD's saying, enjoy the game. Watch basketball. Do what you pay Wait, attention. hold up. Are you saying something good about KD? Oh, I don't Wait, do hold up. Wait, <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> Where did this guy coming from? You've been killing hey, KD for months. I agree with I agree with, 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 with <laughs> saying that. I agree with him. But. Like you know that you know that's what it is, and, and it's childish. It's it's nasty, and you know, you know, there's no place in this world for racism. It's stupid. It's outdated. You know, the world needs to move on and progress, man. So you know, I'm glad. I love what Donovan Mitchell had to say about it. You know, it says a lot about his intellect and and you know his thought process. And I, I'm glad that he, you know, talked down upon that type of 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 uh, of, of behavior. You know, and it just it just shows that the the league future's in a great place. So, uh, I just hope that Westbrook doesn't do anything crazy because it seems like he yeah, gets a little he, bit yeah. closer and closer he each time. Yeah, Whether like it's a reporter, a Rondo test, yeah, he's like he gonna pull a Rondo test. Yeah, so he's getting real close. I mean, he's about to slap that kid, and he didn't never know that it was a kid. Like, you know, Westbrook is getting closer and closer, and he, and he think about it, he's rich enough. He, he, you know, his he's, he, his contract is big enough to where he could take he could take a uh, fine and he could take some lawyer fees. So, you know, Westbrook man, just don't do it, bro. Don't do it. It ain't well, worth it. Since we talking about that, bro, I, I know I don't know if we we're gonna talk about it, but but Serge and um and oh uh, Marquise Chris, oh, y'all yeah. saw that? Marquise Chris is trash. <laughs> First of all. Me and uh, Jasmine, my wife, had a, a debate on this. She think that what Marquise Chris did was not disrespectful. I said he he was being disrespectful. Oh, she yeah. thinks that he wasn't being disrespectful, and Serge Ibaka had no reason to do all that. You know, we replayed it a couple times, and Marquise, Marquise Chris, what he did was walk over him yeah. and look down on him. You don't do that to any man. You know what I'm saying? Like, no matter what the play was, what happened, that's disrespectful. Serge, yeah. Serge, one of them NBA players, you know, NBA players, they they be acting like they want to fight, but they waiting for somebody to hold them back. I, it was nice to see Serge, yeah. you know, actually swing and right. actually be about their life. Yeah, I don't think Marquise Chris was expecting that to to come, but I agree with you, bro. To me, that was disrespectful. Uh, you don't you don't do that to a man. You don't do that at all. So uh, so I one hundred percent think that Serge was was valid in, in the action that he took. Um, after that, but I just thought it was kind of funny to actually see some action in the NBA. Yeah, I think it was funny, funny <laughs> to see that too. Man, it's it's this good. Uh, it's kind of sad when you see when you're watching your favorite basketball team, and then you just see some random guy go on the floor that you've never seen before the whole season. <laughs> 
That kind of means that you that your team is trash, right? Yeah, I, we've all accepted that. Like, I, well, I know I did. Nineteen, bro. Like who, who else would? What, what is that? Who is he, that? You know he played well for us in summer league. Oh my god! <laughs> shut up, man. Like he did. He did ball out in summer league. I'm really sad right now, bro. I'm really sad right now. But hey, that's neither here nor there. Thanks for listening again. That's another episode in the wraps. Your opinionated bench warmers. Follow us on the over underscore bench warmers on Twitter and Instagram. And make sure that you subscribe to us on our PNA Bench Warmers. We're on Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. So make sure you hit that up and make sure that you. We got uh, some more draft coverage soon come. So stay tuned. Until then, listen to this episode until we until you hear the next episode. We out in. Out of OB team. Quit trying for Zion. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs>